This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We have a great show today. It is an interview with Tim Hughes, who is considered the most influential social selling person in the world. And that's an amazing accomplishment. So we'll get that interview started in just a moment. A couple of quick announcements. If you have a story of amazing customer service that you'd like to share, or if you have a question, just please go to any of the social media channels because I'm probably there. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep, hashtag AskShep. And I'll answer the question there on this show and my newsletter or my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can catch episodes on Amazon Prime, Roku, Apple TV, or go to BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, let's get into the interview. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to be here. I, I'm I love all the things that you've got behind you in your in your office. It's really it's actually difficult to not to, to, to <laughs> I, I start looking past you. Sorry if I right. If well, I that's do. okay. I know I'm that not. the people who are listening to this are going wondering what is he talking about. So hmm. be I, I'm in my office and everybody thinks are do you have an office at home? I have guitars. I have my sports memorabilia collection, and that is because my wife won't let me keep it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> actually we moved from a house to a condo about nine years ago and we just don't have room for everything so i said well i'm gonna move so much of the stuff i love to look at by the way if you were in my office you go wow you must have add and i do i'm always looking around at, at all the different things i put on the walls and and the knickknacks around here and uh and your office is filled with books and right behind you is a frame with a picture in it that uh, is of your new book, Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. We're going to talk about that book because it is, yes. you are the number one most influential social selling person in the world. And that's amazing. So why don't you share with us a little insight about the book? Okay. Um, so it's the second edition of the book. The original book came out in um, 2016. And what I did then was I took all my knowledge that I had about social selling and put it into the book. Um, and it's been a runaway bestseller. I mean, it's it's carried on selling, even though, you know, it's, what, five, six years old. Um, a lot has changed <laughs> in five or six years. But, As a matter of fact, but, we uh, go back five or six months, probably things have changed. Yes. In the social. The thing world. is, is as, you, as you well know in business, the, 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 the things change and also things don't change. So um, we set up our company, DLA Ignite, where we help companies transform their sales teams to to using social and digital and we did that six years ago and what we we've learned is a whole bunch of stuff with those customers and they you know we've got our first customers and we we've learned about what works and what doesn't work so what i wanted to do with this book was actually take all the knowledge again today and pour it back into the book so 
I took two weeks off just before Christmas 2021 um, and worked through and completely changed the the um, uh, the narrative in the book to update it. I wrote 30% more. And what I wanted to do also was talk to customers of ours and people out there in the marketplace who are doing stuff around social. So I'm calling them practitioners, reached out to those and said, I'm writing a chapter on community, for example. Um, you run, you're, you're an expert in community. Can you write me something about the communities that you're forming and why you're forming, et cetera? So I've actually got 15 of these uh, practitioners to um, to contribute. I've got Mark Schaefer as the writing the forward. I know Mark um, very well. Yep. Yeah. Mark, Mark and I Mark are, are doing a program together in November. Let's see. What is the date of that? Like November 18th in New York. We're on the same program. Together. Right. Um, Mark, as you know, Mark is just awesome. And he, he's right. a, a person that I've always looked up to. Um, one of my heroes, I guess. Um, and so get him, getting him to write the forward was just awesome. Um, so we've gone from 187 pages to now to over 300. So oh, it's wow. a real update in terms of the, yeah, the book. That's and again, huge. and again, what I wanted to do was make sure that the book was it's it, for me. It's a it's about a practical guide. So it's not about my journey, or it's not about it's not about you know how I came about this. It's it's something that people can use every day. Um, and I've got people, I've got quotes from people that where they've gone through with highlighter pens and they've got stickies on it and they use it every day. Wow, interesting. I'm I, I'm excited about the book. You said some things have changed and some things haven't changed. Tell me what hasn't changed in social in the last six or seven years since the first book came out. I think I think there's still, you know, the the, the modern buyer, the modern buyers changed and the modern buyer changed 10 years ago. And this is what we saw, what Adam Gray, my business partner and I saw, and which is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, you know, six years ago, which is that the modern buyer is empowered. They now have a mobile phone. They have access to an infinite amount of content and if they want to look up your products and services they can do that the same as if you approach them they can look you up on social media and see whether you exist you know i get emails spam emails from people first thing i do is i look to see if they exist on linkedin and quite often they don't exist it's like well it's obvious that if they don't exist on linkedin they don't exist, exist in the world. You don't exist. <laughs> you don't exist in the world of business. So, you know, it's probably, you know, you're probably trying to scam, you know, it's you're not trying to sell me, you're trying to scam me. So this is this is the thing. This is the way that we 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 make decisions today. And all what's happened, one of the things that's changed is COVID accelerated that. Um, ah. you know, before COVID, you probably like me flew around the world and went to all these different meetings and 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 now we can all do that from home. And, right. and because I have two of, of them today, as a matter of fact, two virtual yeah. presentations with clients. Yeah. 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 And 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 the thing is, is that that that's now normal. I mean, I, I live in London and um, you know, I actually rarely now go into London because I just don't need to because we can do it all here online. And that's the difference that the, 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 the bars changed. Um, and what I would say is the job hunters changed as well, because now the job hunter is actually like the modern buyer. What they're doing is that they're going online and they're checking you out as a as an organization. Are you the type of company I want to work for? Are you the type of company? You know, are you? Do you, can I see that you have the diversity and inclusion uh, values that I would expect in your organization? Do you have the sustainability values that I would expect? And then, and what they're looking for is they're looking at your leadership and they're looking at the people in your company on social media and saying, "Is that is that the company I want to work for?" By the way. Um, uh I also believe customers 
do the same thing to determine if they're a if you're a business that they would want to do business with exactly and and it, 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 you know when whenever we go out and buy something r- regardless of the value what we're doing is that we're checking people out on social media is this is this a company i want to g- give my money to um and, and you know, reviews you, and and comments yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And, and the thing about the thing about reviews is five years ago we could get away with um uh, a review on the website that says um, I, I spent some time with Tim Hughes and he was amazing and everything he said was absolutely fantastic. Now you can actually go on and say, well, I'm going to look at Tim Hughes's podcast and see actually if the things that he says are amazing. I'm going to listen to, you know, it, it, so so we can actually having something that just says some trite thing on the website that says we're brilliant isn't good enough anymore because we're able and empowered to go and check those things out for ourselves. And, right. and, and, and social media has made it very easy. My friend Jay Bear calls, uh, especially when it comes to customer service and experience and reviews and people leaving comments and watching interaction. He refers to social media as a spectator sport for customers to see yeah. what how how brands and companies respond to their customers on good and bad comments on any type of comment for that matter. Yeah. And and, and I mean, Mark Schaefer says in the um, uh, in the forward that. Going back a number of years, when social media came out, brands jumped in and, and said, this is a great way of actually having a conversation with our customers. You know, it's like, just think, this is this is amazing. We're actually able to talk to our customers. And then what they did was that they went through a process of automation. Oh, and actually, they wanted mistake. to distance themselves. You know, you know, I, I often say to people that the worst thing that ever happened was the website. Because what that did was it actually distanced us from our, our customers, and 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 what we what we're able to what what's happening now, or what, certainly what Mark and I am seeing is that people are going back and saying, actually, what we need to do is we need to be having one to one conversations, and the realization that sometimes customers not, might not be happy, and we have to deal with that, and also what we have to realize is sometimes people don't agree with what we say, and we have to understand that as well. Um, and and realize that have people have different belief systems, and I think people are coming around. And, and what we're seeing with social media, and certainly with the the customer brand relationship, is a maturity to actually realize that there's a whole bunch of things that we can get. You know, instant research and development. We can get people who are you know the, the super fan. You know, I, I know you've got guitars. I, I collect vinyl records. That there's a lot you know of, of super fans of certain bands that will buy just about anything. I've just bought a box set, vinyl box set. There's only 49 of them exist in the world. Wow. So, um, and, and that's a, and who, what's, who's the artist? Uh, it's a, it's a, so there's a Polish rock band called Riverside and, and they've just, and the only way that you could get it was actually being part of the fan club. Interesting. So, so, so it's, they've created this social community, uh, which is fascinating. I, I want to go back to, to something you just said, you know, with the whole idea of automation and the companies who attempted to automate all responses. And what they really did is there's no faking the customer out at this point. So uh, I work with a lot of companies that create technology to help automate social uh, responses to concerns. And I just want to say that there is a balance between automation and personal responses you can't if if you're getting thousands of people saying you're a great product, I love your product. It's nice to say thank you. Thank you very much. You can automate that type of response. But if somebody's making a different type of comment that requires you to jump in and, and share an opinion or maybe they have a complaint or a need or a question, 
that's where it flips. And sometimes it, that can be automated, but that's where it needs to, the, the AI, the automation machine that is looking at this needs to detect, is this a comment that needs human interaction? So do you believe in that blend uh, or balance, if you will? Yeah, I, I think that there needs to be that needs to be a balance. Um, and I do think, that, you know, whether there can be automation. But the, the thing is, is that I think sometimes brands seem to think that the the, 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 the customer is stupid. You know, Ooh. we we know yeah, we, we know, know when better. we know when there's automation. We know when we're be, be, being fobbed off. Um, you know, my um, internet um, provider. Um, I complained about um, uh, the service that I was getting because I, I, I do a lot of podcasts, and if it goes down, it, it has a big impact on me. Um, and all they did was that they sent it. They sent this automated response to me, which was written in completely gobbledygook. I don't know if that kind of translates into into American. So it was, it was absolutely rubbish. And there was no ability for you to go around and say, "Well, I don't agree with this, so I want to escalate it." Right. And I think that's that's a case where um, well, people get it wrong. But I know with my um, with my internet provider um, that I can go onto social media, onto Twitter, and have a conversation with them. Yeah. And, 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 and by the way, then I want to talk about that. We need to take a break. When we come back, I want to specifically talk about why customers go to social media to make the comments. And I think you've just set up the case that it wasn't the the first attempt. It was a reason you had to go because you couldn't get get it resolved any other way. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more with Tim Hughes in just a moment. Remember, the book is titled Social Selling, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. And if you're listening to this, it is either just about ready to come out or has just been released. You can go to amazon.com or any other place that sells books, but Amazon's pretty much all over the world. So go ahead, get the book and enjoy social selling. We will be right back. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, how to get customers to come back again and again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Tim Hughes, author of Social Selling. Tim, um, just before the break, uh, I had mentioned uh, there's a reason that, uh, that that customers go to social media to get help and to uh, resolve problems and complain. Uh, and our research has shown that this is not the first place that people go, that usually it's a second or even third choice. They've tried to get their problem resolved. Either they've made a call, couldn't get through long hold times, their emails weren't responded to, or maybe they just heard an answer they didn't like. And by the way, I always tell people that if you really feel you're right and you're not being unreasonable and you call a company and they don't give you the answer you want and you still feel you're right, hang up the phone, 
and call and see if you can get somebody else because they will probably give you a different answer. <laughs> I, I'd agree with that. Uh-huh. I, I think that you you'll quite often. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been in situations where um, we've canceled things um, and the company basically, you know, so you go through the process of canceling and then the company actually rings you up two days later and say, um, if you don't cancel, we'll give it to you for whatever you want. Or That's something. exactly what happened recently. You yeah. mentioned your Internet provider. We've had tremendous problems with our Internet here in our building and we're paying for a high bandwidth and I'm on zoom calls on virtual events and it's crashing so we call them up and they tell us and and boy it was a debacle one thing after another and finally we said look we can't do business with you anymore we can't count on you and you know what they did they not only dropped the price of my monthly they gave me some refund because of the last six weeks that we've had a problem with and uh they said we're dropping you for your monthly and this is now permanent at the end of the year it's not gonna this isn't a promotional price we want to keep you. They dropped me to a point that's so low, I can't afford to get off the pro. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, it's the same with my internet yeah. provider. I'm now mm-hmm. I'm now at a price point where um, I heard a, an advert for the competition this morning. I thought, well, I'm paying less than that, and I actually get more. So because um, they say it's more expensive than us to 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 actually disconnect you. Right. All right. So back to the original uh, thought or question here. Do you you so you said you agree that people don't go to social media first? As a matter of fact, our research shows that is the least desired channel for first interactions. But when people do go, it's because they're, for lack of a better term, seeking revenge because they I, couldn't I, get the answer and they're they I, I, I show think the that's world right. there's a problem. Yeah, I think that most people will probably call or email. I, I I tend to find that the people on the social media channels are not empowered enough. So if you make a even if you make an a reason reasonable request. Um, so there used to be a time when I could, if I was trying to get a parcel uh, delivered, I could go to the Twitter um, channel of the particular parcel provider and talk to them and get it. And, and they would. And now that's all been cut. Yeah, um, that's a shame. Yeah. Which, which is a which which means which forces me to go, which well, they for, they're forcing me to go to the web or use. Yeah, that. yeah they're forcing you to go social and, and share the world, because like when I go to Twitter um, and I've used this example uh, on the show before, my favorite example is American Airlines. Um, right. I don't go publicly and tweet, please help. Uh, I'm 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 stuck. You canceled my flight. I direct message American yeah. Airlines. And I'm amazed that typically it's less than 10 minutes. I get a response with the resolution. Um, I'm flying around. I mean, this is my favorite. I'm in the air. We have Internet on the plane. We're circling an airport because there's bad weather. Everybody's flights are being canceled. I can see except for mine. <laughs> if I don't land, I'm going to misconnect and not get home that night because my flight happens to be the only one that seems to be flying. So uh, they, I, I direct message and they say, if you can't make the flight, we have you protected first thing tomorrow morning, you're on that flight. So hopefully you'll get the first flight. But if not, I'm thinking, wow, this is great. And this has not happened once. This is a number of times uh, that this has happened and they do an amazing job. So yes. uh, that's, that's I think, the right way to use social media as a channel is to try to direct message. The, the, Facebook the thing, has it. Uh, yeah, the thing that the everybody thing has it. The thing that most the, 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 the thing that organizations do that get it right is that there's an individual at the, the end of it. And what you're able to do is build a, a one to one relationship with that person. The moment you make a comment open air on Twitter, they should immediately contact you and say, um, let's ha- let's go for a DM conversation that takes it off 
the the main right. social right and then and then what you do is you build up a relationship so so for example linkedin support i do all my linkedin support through dms on twitter i know that kind of sounds a bit ironic but uh, but there's a there's a, a person there that you that you built you feel well a person is probably multiple people but you feel that you build a relationship with them and they actually sort it out for you and that's what you're looking for right and, and it's it's a little bit of trust when that happens it builds your trust and your confidence yeah that, uh, that's the way to do it so everybody listening uh who actually and when i'm talking about uh if you're a if you're a customer dm the company before you go social even if you're angry as can be dm by the way your anger could come through, but be reasonable and use the yes. right words. It's easier, what do they say, to attract flies with honey than something like that. Anyway, uh, the next thing, if you're a brand or a company and somebody comments and you're not happy with what they're saying and they're they're upset with you, say, hey, we don't like, acknowledge it. I mean, we have this five-step process for any complaint. You acknowledge, apologize, discuss the resolution, own the problem, even if it's not your fault, it's now your problem to solve. And number five, act with urgency. And you can do all that on social. But the first thing you want to do is respond, move them to DM, say, hey, let's jump uh, to a direct message link so I can get your information and talk to you directly. And then if everything's working out, I would say to the brand, come back on and thank the customer for reaching out so that the rest of the world can see that you did resolve. And in the perfect world, that yeah. customer is going to see that you came back on and thank you for taking care of them. And then that closes the loop and it makes you look like a hero, even with the initial problem. Yeah. So let's talk about your book. We only have a few minutes. Uh, give us like uh, the top two or three nuggets that you'd like to share out of the book. Well, I think the first thing is that um, there's three things that people need to, to to know. And this is the same for whether you're a brand, whether you're selling or whether you're a brand and you want to show that you're giving customer experience. The, 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 and the three things is that your employees need to be empowered on social because we know that the buyer's there and they need. And, and the first thing is, is we, we call it a buyer centric profile, but they need to look good. This is not look good as in uh, here I am and aren't I amazing. This is look good to the to the buyer, because what you'll find is that if you look good to the buyer, the buyers will walk towards you. If, if, you know, we've got you know cl a client, Namos, they're a Oracle reseller. Um, and uh, one of their prospects basically said, you look interesting. Can you help me? And the person said, yes. And that turns into a $2.6 million deal. So so the fact is that if there are people there looking or searching for help, not necessarily <laughs> making comments on Twitter, but they're searching for help because they're looking to buy things. And this is all yeah. part of the customer experience, right. which is looking at, at looking and, and to, to support the buyer you are an expert the second thing is that what you need is to have a wide and varied network the wide and varied network is where you're where you want to influence so it may be the people that you're selling to it may be it may be you it may be brian solace it may be companies like kpmg or uh, pwc who might influence the the, the sale but what you're doing in, in that is that you're building the, this network that allows you to um, uh, to influence as many people. And what you're going to do is that you're going to be you're going to be seen every day and you're going to be seen every day because what you're going to do is you're going to create content. We know that the modern customer is looking to consume content. They're looking to consume not a brochure that just says buy my product it, because it's great, because everybody says that what they're looking for is help and advice. You know, if I'm spending a million dollars on a new accounting system, there's a there's a there's a you know 
I'm, I want help with that. I'm going to need to give a board presentation. So, so having a, you know, here's, a, here's an example of board presentation that we that we often uh, see customers use and sharing that knowledge and being helpful for people and people will respect that. I, and what I, happens I, yeah, is- Yeah, it's amazing. I just want to jump in and tell you yeah. that what we're talking about is not just social selling. It's really driving an experience that builds trust with a brand. If, I, if I'm that brand, and by the way, this is how I make a living. I, I don't get on the phone and pick it up and smile and dial and cold call like I did in the early 80s when I first started yep. when, when uh, the internet had not yet been invented, or at least not for the public. What I do today, I put out tons of content and I've seen and I emulate the best brands in the world doing this. They put out information that isn't selling it's informative, it's it's digestible and needed. And and you know what? When people see enough of this, they start to know, like, and trust you for the content that you create. So, so important that you pay close attention to number two here. <laughs> that is deliver uh, an experience that's really a content experience. It is. And, and the thing is, is what we're looking for is authentic. We're looking for authentic content. So, you know, if you're, a, we, we talked earlier on, you know, if, about what a business should be doing. You know, if you have diversity and inclusion, you're big on that. Share that with people. If you're, if you're big on sustainability, you should be sharing that. Not in a way that says, hey, buy my product because we're great. Because we see through that. What you do is you empower your employees to write about it. You know, hey, I've just had a, we've just been on a charity day and we went to a local zoo and we were cleaning out the one of the, the zoo animals. And it's really great working here. And we, you know, people are going to look at that and go, that's the company I want to invest in, or that's the company I want to work for, or that's the company I want to buy from. And this is what we're looking for. It's got to be authentic and you've got to be empowering your people. Right. So it's not only good content that teaches, but it also, it's good content that uh, shares the personality of the company. hundred uh, percent. You know, you know, one of the things that I get from your content uh, is quite, it's quite interesting coming on and meeting you because I feel that I already knew, know you. So it's a bit like when you meet someone say from a soap opera or something where you, you've been watching the soap opera for years and then you meet them for the first time, but you actually think you know them, but you know their character. Uh, so, you yeah, you're, you're, I, <laughs> a, a friend of mine, uh, well, I call him a friend. I'd never met him before. Hmm. I've just been interacting with him on social media. Um, and he says he's coming to St. Louis. And I said, where, where are you going to be? What are you doing? And he says, I'm, I'm passing through on my way to whatever. I'm driving and I'm going to stay at this hotel. I said, that hotel is right down the street. Why don't we get together for dinner? Mm -hmm. And we did. And But before he got to, to, I said, why are you staying at a hotel? Why don't you just stay at my place? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know this guy. I've never met him. <laughs> but I feel very connected to him. And, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And we, can, we can do that. I've met people all over the world that I've just met through Twitter. Yeah. Um, or LinkedIn. And, and you know, and, and I do that. And that, that's the thing is that what we're doing in the customer experience is that you get to know, like and trust people. And also what you're doing is if you if 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 you're creating content that's engaging and you remember, you you don't know a piece of content is engaging until you consume it. So you so um, once you do that, you start knowing, liking and trusting someone and you are ever present in that person. So you, they know as soon as they're going to buy something or interact with you or interact with your company, they know where they're going to go. Yep. And yep. and this yep. is the thing, which is where you you need to have a profile that people um uh, 
uh, a prior centric profile that people like and say, you can help me. You need to have a wide and varied network and you need to be creating content which is interesting, engaging and entertaining. And that's those are the three things that you need around social selling. All right. Well, I get to ask you one more question. You get to give us one more nugget of information in yeah. under a minute. Uh, this is the final question I ask it of every person we have on the show. What's the one last nugget of information that you absolutely think this audience listening today needs to hear from you? So so if you put, put all that together and you empower your employees to do that, you what you're able to, in effect, do is what we call digital dominance. So this is where you're able to completely push out all of the conversations that are going on uh, by your competition. And we have a number of clients that are doing this at the moment. So they're able to get into accounts that they were never able to get into before. Um, but what they're also able to do is completely own the narrative. So in the past, what you did you was you hired a PA, PR department and what they did was that they sent out press releases. It doesn't work anymore. What we're doing here is actually owning the whole of the narrative on digital, which is where your buyers and customers are. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. So the term digital dominance and what that does, it creates credibility. It creates better relationships with existing customers. It creates trust with new customers. This is why we call this amazing business radio. Tim Hughes, thank you very much. The book thank again, you. it's titled Social Selling get it today. It's the new version. It's expanded to almost uh, double, if not even more than what was there before. Tim, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you very much. It's been great um, talking to you. All right. Yeah. And I hope we get to do it again. Mm. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week with another interview. So until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.